<laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, uh, if anyone wants to come down to the altar at any time in my sermon, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. Uh, good morning and welcome to K1. We are so glad to worship with you today. If you are new with us this morning, I'm uh, Pastor Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here. Thank you for sharing in life together with us. Well, I'd like to welcome you back to the fourth week of our sermon series called Reset Your Relationship. Say it with me. Reset your relationship. If you haven't been with us for a few weeks, what we are doing is investing in marriages that already exist, as well as preparing future marriages with the tools they need to center their relationship on Jesus Christ. But I know there are more than a few of you that um, have gone through something difficult, something uh, devastating, a husband or wife that just passed away, the nasty divorce that has you swearing off men and women altogether. Maybe you didn't get married at all, and you are the happiest person on earth. Even if you don't think you are going to be, get married at all or ever again, stay with me. Stay with me because you might be able to speak truth into someone else's life by what you have learned. If you're taking notes, uh, make sure to write this down. It's our key thought for the series. Here it is. The secret to a successful relationship is not finding the right one. The secret to a successful relationship is uh, getting right with the one, the Lord Jesus Christ. But so often we get it backwards. We think if I could just find the one, then my life will be fulfilled. But our key verse for the series says otherwise. When it comes to our relationship, Psalm 127.1 says this, unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless who? The Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless Jesus himself becomes the very center of what we do, we build in vain. The first week, we commanded to dig deep, pray together daily. Week two, show me the money, where we learn to act our wage. Week three, fight right, fight right. Every couple, every family I know is going to fight. The question is whether we know how to fight right. Fight right. This morning, we are going to get desperate. Get desperate. Desperate for an intimate relationship with our significant others. Uh, uh, let me see a show of hand. Uh, uh, let me see a show of hand. How many of you have ever been in a dating relationship before? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, most all of you. Very good. 
you've been in a dating relationship of any significance, we, uh, you might, uh, probably remember what it's like. The nervous excitement every time you saw him or her, the butterflies in your uh, stomach, the anticipation of spending time with one another. For many of us, uh, particularly at the very beginning of our relationship, we are so in love <laughs> that we would do anything for our significant other. I remember the very first date that Simone and I went on. It was to see the hot new release of the year, Mother Teresa. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, it was a hot new release sometime, uh, probably in the 1960s, but Simone really wanted to see it, and I didn't care because I was so smitten. But uh, so we popped some popcorn and settled in for the movie. <laughs> About 30 minutes later, I was bored out of my mind, <laughs> literally out of my mind. So instead of so, uh, focusing on the movie, I started to make my move. <laughs> you all know what uh, the move is. It goes like this. Uh, yes. Uh, and I pulled, uh, uh, dropped the arm other, uh, uh, on the other side of Simone and pulled her in tight. At least <laughs> that was the plan. But when I made my move, Simone wasn't there. <laughs> so I tried again. <sighs> Still no Simone. I tried a third time, reaching further. <sighs> Still no Simone. I turned my head if it, uh, as it to cough, <clears throat> and as I did, I found Simone. She was curled up on the other side of the couch, crying. No, crying is not the word. Weeping, <laughs> weeping along with the movie. I turned to see what I have missed, uh, but I haven't missed anything. <laughs> Simone was just weeping. And for the next two and a half hours, that was it was like. Simo uh, me bored out of my mind and Simone weeping. It was at that moment that I realized that this relationship was going to be so different than <laughs> the one that I have pretty, uh, previously. And 11 years later, I can still say that this is the case. <laughs> and I love her for it. I love her for it. Initially, there is the excitement, the anticipation, the uh, even desperation to see one another, to hold on to one another, to stare lovingly into each other's eyes. I think you're so handsome. I think you're so pretty. I think you're so cute. I think you're so beautiful. The problem is that in most relationships, there, the sense of excitement often fades over time. And before we knew it, the relationship that once brought rather so much joy has become normal, mundane, even predictable. How often have we heard it? 
you, uh, he used to spend, loved uh, to spend hours on the phone. Now I can't get a word out of him. He, uh, you, uh, uh, she used to be so interested in being so close. Now she is as cold as an icicle. I think it was Frank Sinatra who said, a man doesn't really know what happiness is until he gets married. By then, it's too late. <laughs> so how does this happen? Well, the truth is that Scripture teaches us about several uh, enemies, several distractors from, uh, that take away from the joyful uh, life, a joyful relationship. Let's look at a few. First, if you're taking notes, is the judgmental spirit. The judgmental spirit. I get this one out from time to time, and I dust it off uh, uh, for Simone. Proverbs 21.9 says this, Better to live on the corner of, a house, uh, corner of the roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Isn't that great? Better to live in the corner of the uh, roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. All the men are getting uh, kind of uncomfortable now. <laughs> uh, but Simone in translation is different. Her says, and I, uh, it is so odd, but her says, 21.9, better to give birth without an epidural to, uh, to share a house with a judgmental husband. And um, uh, all the women said, amen, amen. The quarrelsome, fault-finding, judgmental spirit. Secondly, as you're taking notes, bitterness, bitterness. Hebrews 12:15 says, see to it that no one fall short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause tr trouble and defile many. No bitter root that grows up to cause trouble and defile many. No bitter root. Husbands and wives, as well as fiancés, and even boyfriends or girlfriends, you have to watch out that there is no bitter root, no anger, no enmity, no lack of forgiveness between you and your significant others. Uh, some, uh, one, uh, someone what said, and I think it is so true, people do not fall out of love. They fall out of repentance and forgiveness. They fall out of repentance and forgiveness. Bitterness. Bitterness. And third, if you're taking notes, daily distractions. Daily distractions. The truth is, life is busy. <laughs> life is so busy. Between getting up, getting the kids ready for school, on the bus, to their class, go to work, lunch with a friend, back to work, pick up the kids, take them to band, take them to soccer, take them to their friend's house, help them with their homework, do your own work, cook supper, feed the dog, bathe the dog, bathe the kids, put them to sleep, put you to sleep, and do it all over again the next day. That is exhausting to say, much less to hear, much less to do. Life is so hard, daily distraction. So, 
How can we invest in making our relationship with our spouse, our fiancé, our boyfriend, or girlfriend, everything that God intended for it to be? I believe that Scripture gives us three key principles for us to build our lives on. Let's uh, dig uh, right in. The first, if you're taking notes, is this. Write this down. Get real in your communication. Get real in your communication. Talk with each other. I know it's simple, but talk with each other. When Simone and I are out on a date or out with the family, I see so many people, married people, that are just staring blankly around the uh, room. They're uh, staring blankly around the room, uh, 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 taking Facebook, checking uh, uh, their phones, checking their emails, checking the social media accounts. And I want to shake them and say, hello, is there anybody out there? Put down the phones. Put down Facebook. Stop staring blankly into, your, uh, uh, into the sky and talk with each other. Talk with each other. Spend time in conversation together. Enjoy each other's company face to face. First Thessalonians uh, 5.11 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Have you ever noticed that the boyfriend or girlfriend talked talk for hours on end about anything and everything without getting tired, without so much as taking a breath? But the same couples, after they get married, don't have anything to say. Don't have anything to say. Talk with each other. Get real in your communication. Second, get out with your spouse. Get out with your spouse. Ecclesiastes 9.9 says this, Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, all the days of this life that God has given you. Enjoy life with your wife. Before marriage, we will do anything in our power to get alone with your significant other. For better or for worse, we are going to get alone with our significant other. And the thing is that for men, and I am speaking directly to men here, we are pursuers. We are chasers. We are hunters. We will do anything uh, um, uh, for hours, days, weeks, even months or years to get what we want. The problem is that once we have gotten what we want, gotten married, we turned our attention to something else, work, sports, hobbies, whatever. And our wives are saying, what about me? Hello, what about me? Did you forget me? What about me? This is why scripture says, enjoy life with your wife. Get out with your spouse. Have a date night. Drop the kids off to your parents. If you don't have parents uh, close by, drop them off with your friends. 
I have heard of one example where the ch- uh, couple w- uh, um, uh, uh, dropped the kid off on Friday night and then returned to save, uh, favor on Saturday night. If you don't have any friends to call on, call a babysitter. Call a babysitter. You say, oh, that's expensive. That is expensive. We do not have that kind of money. But I know, but it's not as expensive as divorce. It's all, uh, it's not as expensive as divorce. Pursue your wife again. Get out with your spouse. And third, if you're taking notes, uh, write this down. Captivated by your love. Get captivated by your love. Get desperate. Get intimate uh, with each other and express it in personal ways. This includes, but certainly is not limited to, physical intimacy. Physical intimacy. (laughs) Well, um, uh, there are some of you that are saying, can he say that in church? (laughs) Can he say that in church? I guess so. Uh, We can say that in church because we... uh, uh, we can say that in Scripture. Look at Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. May your fountain be blessed. But you, uh, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Will you ever be intoxicated with her love? May you ever be intoxicated, captivated by your love. A few years ago, uh, when my wife was coming back t- from South Africa, I went to greet her at the airport and take her home. Uh, and one war- uh, wise old man from uh, Kentucky Church told me, get her flowers and chocolate. Get her flowers and chocolate, and it will pay off. <laughs> it will pay off. So, intimacy, uh, intimate, uh, intimate uh, man that I was, I got her flowers and chocolates. Uh, when she, uh, she stepped off the plane, she was excited to see me. Uh, she was, uh, really was, but she was really excited to see the flowers and the chocolates. Uh, and the old man was right. It paid off. <laughs> it paid off big time. As soon as we got home, we put the babies asleep, headed straight to our room, and read a chapter of Leviticus together. (laughs) 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 Some people ask... (laughs) Some people ask, does God really care about physical intimacy? Is it really that important in our marriage relationship? And the answer is a resounding yes. Scripture after Scripture affirms that God made us as whole people. And as such, He is interested in the whole of who we are. Spiritual, emotional, and physical, and within the confines of a marriage relationship. Hear me, within the confines of a marriage relationship, God has given us the gift of physical intimacy 
for our pleasure and enjoyment. Jimmy Evans once said, and I think it's so true, when the grass looks greener somewhere else, it's time to water your own grass. <laughs> when the grass looks greener somewhere else, it's time to water your own grass. If you don't desire what you've been receiving, it's time to examine what you've been offering. If you don't desire what you've been receiving, it's time to examine what you've been offering. It's um, if you want uh, something unique, something different, something captivating, something special, you have to become it first. Spend time on your marriage. Spend time on your relationship. Spend the same amount of time with the same energy as you felt before when you first got married, when you are still dating. And I promise, I promise that if you do, if you get real in your communication, if you get out with your spouse, if you really get captivated by your love, and I promise that you will plead God with your life and come to bear fruit in your marriage. The secret to a successful relationship is not finding the right one. The secret to a successful relationship is getting right with the one. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Jesus, we are in your presence today. Come and have your way in us. As we pray together today, there are more, uh, there are some of you that will say, my marriage is great. My marriage is great. What you said, Andrew, is at that exactly what we practice. And I say to you, praise God for your lives. Praise God. You are setting the example for each and every one of us. But the Holy Spirit has been showing me this week that there are a lot of marriages, a lot of engaged couples, even boyfriends or girlfriends in, our, in a committed relationship that say, if you've been honest right now, um, myself included, there is still work to do. Between you and God, you say, there is still work to do, to get your marriage, to get your relationship uh, to the best that it can be. Maybe it's getting out in your relationship. Uh, maybe you don't talk like you used to. Maybe it's getting out with your spouse. Uh, maybe you uh, once did so good, but kids came along, work responsibilities piled up, or you just have increasingly different interest. Maybe sometimes uh, so simple as getting captivated by your love all over again. If that's you, and you will say, there is something I need to work on with my marriage, with my relationship. And by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, help me, help me to become stronger in this area. 
If that's your prayer today, I need the power of Christ. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to come and heal my marriage, heal my relationship. I want to become the husband or the wife or the fiancé or the boyfriend or girlfriend that they need me to be. If that's your prayer today, just lift up your hand high right now. Lift it up. Lift it up. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hands up everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we continue to pray, I want to speak specifically to those who are considering starting out or starting over in your relationship with Christ. Married or not, engaged or not, if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or not, we, what you need to know is that that relationship takes place, that relationship that takes first place in your life is your relationship with Jesus Christ. It may be that you have tried all these before, getting real in your communication, getting out with your spouse or significant other, getting captivated by your love, only to fall so flat because you have not taken care of the most important relationship of all. And you say, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to fix what's wrong with my marriage. I'm tired of fixing what's wrong in your, your, uh, my relationship. In fact, I am trying to fixing what's wrong with myself, my guilt, my shame, my sin, my condemnation. The bad news is that you can't. The good news is that Jesus can. The Bible says that you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the greatest news of all is this. If we were allowed him to, that he will. That he will. The Bible says uh, uh, it's a free gift. His grace, his mercy, his compassion, all free. If you would just allow the lives, the uh, uh, hands over to him. And you say, I'm ready. I'm ready. That's me. That's what I need. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of striving. I'm tired of trying to fix myself. I need forgiveness. I need a Savior. If that's you this morning, I believe it. I need His grace. I need you, life. I need His love. That's me. If, you, uh, uh, if that's you this morning, just lift up your hand high right now. Right now. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Anything uh, else? Oh, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you. Oh, Jesus. 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 Everyone, if you would, all over the sanctuary, everyone here praying with your neighbors, repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I'm tired 
of trying to fix myself. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Jesus, you died for I can be forgiven. You rose so I can be set free. Free me with your spirit so I can follow you. I'm never going back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you celebrate with me new life uh, uh, in the kingdom today? Church, God is doing something incredible in our midst, isn't he? If you raise your hand for salvation today, either starting out or starting over in your relationship with Jesus, here's what I'd like for you to do. There are two tables in the back, specifically for those who are starting out are starting over in your relationship with Christ. The staff has a gift for you and uh, on your journey with Jesus. Stop by one of these two tables, introduce yourselves, and tell what the Lord is doing in you. I am going to be back uh, right there in the prayer room, just down the hall, for those of you who like specifically would like prayer specifically would like prayer, meet me down the hall. Deck and second door on the left, there is a sign outside. You can't miss it. Remember, making that decision was not the finish line. It was the starting point. Your journey with Jesus, your journey to freedom has just begun. And if that was you today, we celebrate with you uh, and I uh, celebrate with you. Pastor Don, can we do wreath as we close? If you responded, come to the tables in the back of the sanctuary so that uh, uh, you can, uh, that we can hear what Christ has beginning to you through you. This is the end.